Welcome to the Pitch Podcast, where each of us will give a story pitch, discuss, and then decide which is the best. Today's theme is apocalyptic. My name is John, and I'll be giving the first pitch. And a fun fact about myself is that I've actually never seen a squirrel in real life. Oh, so you you were one of those bubble kids? Yes. Or, yeah, you were... By bubble kids, you mean the kids that, like, actually live in bubbles? I, I have to imagine, yeah. I saw a movie like that once. Oh, Inside Your Bubble? Is that a movie? <laughs> <laughs> you know, recently I read that the uh, that COVID can be passed along via pets and animals, so... Like squirrels? Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if some parents are like, my kids can't interact with any any sort of livestock. Or, yeah, so when I was born in early 2020... <laughs> That's what my parents said. Oh, yeah. yeah. Now you're the right old age. Congratulations, by the of... way. I feel like I, I didn't get the chance to say that when you were, you know, born yesterday. <laughs> Thank you. It means a lot. That was the other thing that really prevented you from seeing squirrels yet. You haven't left the room yet, but I congratulate you on your other knowledge. He's still trying to develop eyesight. Um, so that's kind of the main thing is even if he looks out the window, he's, he doesn't know how to distinguish images. I can hear you guys, but I can't see you. Hello? My name is John Scherzlick. I'm one day old, and this is my podcast. <laughs> Unrelated. Speaking of which, my name is Teresa Scherzlick. And fun fact about me is I was once expelled for introducing organized crime to my kindergarten class. Hmm. They expel people for that? I think so. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. It was mostly the threats. I think the teacher had enough of them. What kind of threats? I like from the, the children? The thing. children to the teacher? It, it was honestly all the way around, you know, teacher the teacher to the children. children. I mean, teachers <laughs> want the slice the of the pie. There's good money being to passed. The other children. <laughs> it just it just went too far. Anyways, I am Xavier Scherzlight and I just dis- <laughs> I discovered anteaters. Um, you discovered anteaters. Yeah, I was the first integers anteaters. I was the first one to come upon an anteater and name it as such um, until, of course, it was renamed as a zebra, Wait, so which is the, what they normally use these days. You were the first person to come across an anteater or the first one to and name it? Both. Okay. <laughs> You're saying... What do you mean? The first person who comes across whatever they're coming across, they give a name to it, and that's I what it everything is. everything I meet. Same thing with people. So you took it a step further by just calling it what it eats. Well, it wasn't eating. It doesn't even eat ants. He was eating it. Let's be very specific. You're kind of sounding like that other guy who called it a zebra. Yeah, you don't. You need to understand understand the name. Okay, well, next weekend we'll take a trip to the zoo and we'll go check out the ants. We'll go name some animals. Yeah. Why? You can't leave. You can't go anywhere. Wait, why not? You're in a bubble. Oh, because I'm in a bubble. Yeah. (laughs) We might show you a squirrel. Maybe I'll see a squirrel or something. Who knows? Yeah, we'll take you outside to the park. Okay, are you guys ready for my pitch? We can be ready for your pitch. Pretty good. Jeff Bezos. <laughs> Jeff Bezos, the movie directed by Michael Bay. No, no, no. Okay. It's the distant future. The year 2005. Oh. Global warming has continued to take its toll on the world. So humanity has turned to robotics to help save it. And they've, <laughs> they've built, they've built a uh, sort of AI mind, which is going to solve the energy crisis for them. And stop global warming. Typical. Typical. Can't go wrong. Uh, and, and to do that, obviously, they needed to build a bunch of sort of robotic minions for this AI intelligence. Unfortunately. So we're not talking about like hive mind. We're talking about like it's the overlord and everybody else is its minion. Exactly. Okay. 
Uh, it, it, I mean, it controls it, so it's all one mind. All the robots are like one, the same robots yeah. AI mind. So by it, I'm, I'm assuming you're referring to Jeff Bezos. And its name is it's Jeff. Jeff. Yeah. It's Jeff. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So it, it decides, though, the issue with the planet is actually the disease, which is humans. So now it's like, well, easy fix. We exterminate all humans. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's obvious. First I mean. episode of One Punch Man. Exactly. Easy villain. Exactly. So now there's just all of these millions of AI robots terrorizing the world yeah. and trying to exterminate all humans because it wants to stop global warming. Yeah, the antivirus to the virus of humanity. Perhaps. Exactly. Exactly. So much like, you know, Amazon and their climate pledge arena, you know, yeah. Amazon has decided to save the world from all of their uh, boxes and global warming. Exactly. It's really beautiful. Save the world from themselves, if you will. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like it wasn't expected, but it's what we all wanted deep inside. Is what? Is Amazon to come come around full circle and save the day. You know what I mean? Like creating creating their their own problem and then solving it. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Like like Iron Man. Their Jeff Bezos is just Iron Man with less missiles. I think you're missing the point, though, that. They're not saving anybody. They're no. They. This I, is it genocide. sounds like they're saving ev- everything. Yeah, I thought the whole thing is they're saving the planet, right? They're saving. Yeah. Their, the From, kids are all about that back in two thousand and five. That's true. They are. And now they're all about dying. So okay, fine. Then we have an anti-hero who wants to stop these robots from killing all the people. Okay, I don't like this guy. <laughs> but go on. Yeah. So, uh, guy or girl, haven't decided yet. Um, we're gonna have. I haven't really thought about any of the characters at all. Mm-hmm. I just know that there's going to be some characters that are trying to. I mean, we're talking. I, I half really the population has been wiped out at this point. Uh, sure, and sure. they're trying to fight back. And the only way they can really do it is you have to get to the core, you know. The, the core earth. of. Not of the earth. I've seen that. <laughs> <laughs> the only way to stop global warming so, uh, yeah, freeze the core. The, uh, the, a- uh, the AI, Jeff. Jeff, Jeff um, yeah. It sort of built itself a, a headquarters in the core, in the of, the core earth. of the earth. Uh-huh. And that, so, that's a double-edged sword. It really is. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Which is, it's, um, I don't know why Jeff would build it down there because, you know, with all the computer processing, you need a lot of fans and cooling. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like, like that would be just about the worst place that you could It'd be really it. easy to destroy it if it were down there. Turn <laughs> off a few fans. <laughs> <laughs> and so how they, uh, and how our heroes stop the AI is actually by, um, Speeding up global warming to, <laughs> to, overheat, <laughs> to overheat the computer. Oh, beautiful. That's yeah, really poetic, actually. Yeah. I, I really do want to see Jeff Bezos as the hero of this story. You know, he's created this monster and now he's got to undo it. And this can be Je- We'll make it Jeff Bezos. He'll, he'll sponsor it. It's beautiful. People will never know which side the real Jeff Bezos is on if he sponsors a movie where Jeff Bezos is both the villain and the hero. It's a safe investment because it's already occurred, right, 2005, and he hasn't done that yet. So it's like he can back up this movie. Haha, this is funny. Uh-huh, investment goes up. Yeah. But there's no worry that people are like, well, is he actually going to do this? Because it was happened. 2005. Oh, yeah. Well, it's no, a anything he does after that, he can just be like, I mean, at least it wasn't that, guys. <laughs> Yeah, at least I didn't destroy the world with an AI that I built. Yeah, then he can just shove yes. the blame on everyone else, yes. you know? Global warming. Yeah. That's but, fair enough. Yeah, so I, I, what do you guys think about, as far as the plot development goes, 
like should should they succeed with stopping oh definitely not i think there's a moral question here and you got to leave it open there's definitely the 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 theme of is it for the best or is it not see i think i think the knee-jerk reaction is like don't kill the humans i don't want to die (laughs) right (laughs) so that's your (laughs) knee-jerk sure sure um but I, I think it would be nice to have the main characters go through a little bit of a character arc where they, as they're kind of ramping up to maybe take on Jeff, um, Jeff himself, they get to see more and more just how um, humans are affecting the earth and how like kind of terminal it is. And so they're slowly starting to question, you know, should we really exist? Or should we let this Jeff guy really just do his work? It's very existential. You know what I mean? And it's also, I'm, I'm picturing a lot of like Fury Road kind of gangs and stuff happening. So like the or like the road, either one, whichever one you want to think about. How, so, so how technological is this? Like, are we saying that? Well, it's 2005 is future. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's got Walkman, yeah, the yeah. iPhone 1. The iPhone one, dude. What they got that? blackberries out there. <laughs> you think you can beat a fly with a, a guy with a blackberry? No, but you know what I mean. Like, so you're saying Fury Road? That's like, there's like technology, but it's sparse. Like, it's not, it's not like far future. Like everybody's got all all this crazy tech going on. Um, it's is it a little bit more like rustic in that Zimmer, way? This is 2005. <laughs> it is. Can we remind you? It's still 2005. I mean, so. It's the future. Global warming, like I said, had really taken a toll. So it's very dusty. Mm-hmm. It, I'm, I am picturing a world very similar to um, Mad Max. I was really hoping because there's really only one apocalyptic film I've seen and adored. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm hoping we're all just going to retell Mad Max with a different villain. Pretty much. Yeah. So are you and, and it's going to be like Mad Max as well, where it is that sort of weird technology. Like they, they have like this weird um they have technology, but they also use primitive things. Yeah, as well. that's what I was asking. Yeah, for sure. OK. And are you planning to follow like one character in particular? Like you had you were talking a little bit about a protagonist. Yeah. So it's Jeff Bezos um, daughter, daughter or son. OK. Um, and I don't and be, know. They, they've they've stumbled up across. Does he have these. Kids? I don't know if he does. I think he does. Well, I think have a it's a fictional bus? documentary. Um, <laughs> it's, we're retelling history. We're doing a. Uh, Would uh, you try and get Tarantino Jeff Bezos to play himself in the? Briefly, his, like his he's AI. not in it very much. Yeah, he'll voice the AI. Okay, but I'm thinking that um, he plays an unrelated character. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's super confusing because you're like, that's Jeff Bezos. He's always he plays Jeff Bezos's assistant. The entire time he's standing right next to the guy, but the other guy is also dressed as Jeff Bezos with really convincing prosthetics. And you have like a lot of like awkward shots in which it looks like it's focused on him. And then it's like <laughs> pan a little bit. He's like the product placement, you know? Yeah, yeah. You know when they focus too much on that Coca-Cola can? Yeah. It's like, yeah, the actor, the main actor is just slightly out of focus. Oh, and then yeah. he's in the back of very focused. <laughs> All the best battle scenes are really out of focus because he's kind of nearby in a cafe. Yeah. Well, so I'm thinking that there's yes, four children. One I of do his, want to tell you that one of his children, the youngest, stumbles across some documents um, that their father created about this AI and about like a weakness that the, that he built into it because he foresaw that this would happen in, in the future. So he stumbles or she stumbles <laughs> across this document. Sorry, what were the um, sexes of 
those four. I'm trying to find. It literally just says four. I'm actually not convinced that he has real children. I don't think he has yeah, real I'm human children. <laughs> Quadruplets, maybe? Quadruplets, perhaps. Basically all the same people? Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> maybe AI. Don't roll oh, out. Bezos has already been in a movie and it was Star Trek Beyond. You're welcome. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He plays Spock. Oh, yeah. Pretty sure. <laughs> but I'm, I'm thinking that so he built in this like sort of fail safe in case that this was going to happen because he knew it was going to happen. Um, and they discover it. And so that leads them on this journey where they have to go to the center of the earth because that's where the AI is for some reason. And um, sort of like in A New Hope, they have to poo pew right into like the garbage chutes. Yeah, sure. Yeah. And right into the fans in this case. Right into the fans in this case. It's a really tragic ending because, you know, they, they might defeat them, but they do get trapped in the core of the earth and the fans are off. So uh, for an ending <laughs> is what I'm thinking is maybe we do uh, <laughs> the fans are off. I'm thinking they defeat the AI, Jeff, but then all the humans just end up dying anyways. And it's just like it didn't dying matter. of because it's, it, it, the like they destroy the earth and then, yeah so you saying like fast forward 100 years yeah. from there and then humanity's dead yeah and the question is like well they probably shouldn't uh, right it's like didn't matter in the end really <laughs> and you just present that to the viewer it's very space odyssey-esque where it starts with just like a bunch of monkeys sort of like banging on a obelisk and then it ends with just like a bunch of monkeys and you're like huh you know kind of full circle Okay. Oh, yeah. So we released the monkeys at the end of 2005. Yes. So the earth is repopulated, but just monkeys. Yeah. Well, actually, it'd probably just be like desert animals, like anteaters. Yeah. Those are anteaters. Maybe squirrels. Try that. Sorry, are you talking about colloquial <laughs> or canonical <laughs> anteaters? Because I'm obviously Christian. Okay, I'm upset. Are we implying <laughs> that the ants also survived? The ants are definitely going to survive, yeah. Well, they must. The anteaters do. But for how long? And what's the one animal that a cockroach will definitely be there? And the uh, the bear, the what's the like tiny thing that's something like a bear? All right, so my pitch is a sitcom with just those five animals. <laughs> and none of them communicate. Kind of wild. So yours is a sequel to mine. Oh, yeah. Perfect. Mine is a sequel to all of the other Apocalypse films. Just all of them? Yeah. Combined? Okay. No, no. I mean, Perfect. that's not my pitch, but One day I'll we'll leave it there. One day we'll have to do a pitch, which Clear is like victory. sequential, where whatever your pitch is, she has to like tack her pitch onto the end <laughs> of it as if they're part of the same universe. And then I'll, I'll like pitch mine as if it's sequential to hers. Now, are we given the same genre in the first place? Yeah, sure. So like, no. <laughs> they're completely I want to see like uh, like a Twilight style like fantasy, and then you know science fiction, maybe a little bit of like a dramatic documentary, and then a French drama. French drama. I think it starts with French drama, and then one of them turns into a vampire. So it's French drama, then it turns into like a high school musical, and then it turns in like a coming of age kind of movie, and yeah. then it turns into post apocalyptic. Mm -hmm. 
I'm the vampire. Cool. Yeah, I feel like you should go to like vampire, post-apocalyptic, then teen drama. Yeah. <laughs> it's the teen drama, but everyone's just living out the apocalypse. Exactly. That's, the height, the, that's the height of the series. It's just high school musical, but in the apocalypse. Yeah, people are it's super disappointed. Literally just insert high school musical, but there's like a lot more backstory. <laughs> Like, we, we don't talk to the makers of High School Musical. We just make a few people. It's like a, sh- like a shitty recording in, like, the theaters of High School Musical. And you bring up all this, like, crazy backstory for every character. Yeah, they have two movies previous of backstory of all these crazy things happening. Yeah, oh, and then yeah. all this, like political intri- intricacies that exist between like the different characters which adds so much oh, to yeah. the story well we we re-release high school musical but every now and then it just like cuts to like a black and white flashback of the previous <laughs> yeah uh, well that was my pitch it was it was really beautiful mm. I'm, I'm excited for the sequel <laughs> yeah the which one the high school musical one all four of them <laughs> oh i thought you were talking about your pitch including <laughs> the sitcom that's what i mean you know Teresa, are you up next I could be up next. I could remember what I'm doing here. All right. So classic post-apocalyptic. This is post, I will say. But. Mine was mid. uh, Let's say at some point we go all out nuclear war. Everyone freaks out. There's alarms blaring everywhere. Opening scene. We just see people scattering across cities. And uh, there's only like a handful of proper. Uh like nuclear bunkers still available that we know about. I don't know if those are mostly like taken down. It's just it's basically post Malone and that's it. <laughs> does, he have a, does he have a nuclear bunker? Uh, yeah, he's he's apparently like, well, maybe not nuclear, but he's a, he's super into like bunker stuff. Is he really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he knows something we he's don't. He's all about like like investing in like seeds. I'm and clearly that sort of thing. right. I'm not kidding. Jeez. Okay, so, I'm not kidding. Yeah, so, so go, everyone runs to Post, Malone. post Malone's bunker. Basement. But only like 200 people can fit and they just they lock the doors and there's just people screaming outside, all that. And, uh, you know, they're, they're down there. They hear nothing. And slowly they lose contact with everyone in the entire world as all of the other radios just like disappear off their map. Mm-hmm. And just like nothing comes back on. All the power's out. They barely get the backup generators running. But they have just enough people. They have just enough supplies to live out like. 200 years and they're only living, 200 years no they, they have like 200 years of life down there and they're like maybe in 200 years we can go back to the surface so hopefully that. there was like families like more than just families down there that yeah because they're gonna they're passing along population oh, no, there's, there's, there's like 200 people down there there's one for every year you're fine we're saying that they have to repopulate because people die quicker than that no i'm saying there, there's 200 people there's 200 years i'm sure they can figure it out i'm just not like a party on this point i i'm wondering they don't they don't necessarily need to repopulate the earth they think other people might still be out no, there. No, no, we're, we're asking when they resurface will it be them or will it be their children's children teresa are you children. making a smut film <laughs> John. that's all i'm here oh i thought there's a sitcom like she said earlier oh, okay there, there's no repopulation whatsoever i don't care okay. uh, so they just live for 200 years we're not there yet i'm just saying that's their plan they're just kind of okay. like we're gonna figure out life in a bunker probably not gonna mate with each other and they kind of eye each other weird <laughs> there's a lot of sexual yeah passion. so they're they're down there maybe like they the messed first... up and only got all males or all females yeah. so there's just nothing <laughs> it to wasn't do. their plan they were just trying to survive right yeah. and you know a certain amount of years go by they kind of like so some people 
are, are just living their lives that way. It's like all they've ever known, perhaps. And then suddenly they get the first radio signal they've heard in years. And it's just a really shitty modern pop song. Oh, no. And they find out what one person braves the surface inspired by... Katy Perry's Firework. <laughs> That's the song. The one Wait, song. You're saying that as if, like, it also was back in 2005? It was. Okay. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So he hears this one song, and he, he starts believing that people are out there in other bunkers. I'm not going to be in this unless you give me a little example of what that sounded like. I can't. I can't give that. But it's like cutting it. It's cutting in and out. You know, it's really inspiring, but... They thought it was like Morse Morse code at first. <laughs> they spent years decoding. Oh it. yeah, they think they think it's about you know the missile explosions because you know like I'm a firework, all of that you know they explode, explode, explode. And he thinks that's how they talk. So when he comes out, he's trying to like talk to people. Yeah. Like so that. he comes to the surface for the first time. He barely makes it out because you know they're trying to stop him, and his family is really concerned. They think he's gonna like die, but he's never seen the surface, and he's so excited. He gets up there, and they all found out that. The missiles never actually went off. And they were all just living down in the bunker and no one knew they were down there. <laughs> this really does sound like Puss Malone. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But they, they've been living this way. They've kind of developed their own society. Maybe they've had to eat people. They don't we don't know. You know, they've, they've I thought they had enough supplies. They've, they've been serious. Maybe that changed. Maybe there was one greedy Post Malone down there. Well, they had enough for 200 years just for just only weed. So He's here's like, my I question. Enough, I Did enough. Post Malone plan this? No, they, so they had uh, 200 years worth of supplies for one person. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, Got it. This sounds just like an epic party that uh, Post Malone was like. Yeah, so he, awesome. the entire time they're, they're down there, he's trying to have like all of these parties and they're like, you can't like keep wasting our supplies. Like you don't get it. We're going to die. <laughs> they don't understand why he's so casual. Because he's just importing things. <laughs> <laughs> so now you just have, I don't know, how, how many people are you guesstimating went down in these bunkers? I'm so bad with numbers. And how did people it not notice that they went down there? Who knows, John? What if it was just like because well, there was a real nuclear scare? Like they yeah. were maybe it was yeah, there was a lot chaos, of chaos. Like yeah. chaos. Yeah. Oh yeah. Rampant murders. Just mm -hmm. you know, world went a little bit crazy, and they they were like, we just can't find some people because some some bunkers are just unreachable. And this one's super hidden because they thought there would be this like massive war that would follow if like yeah. anyone survived and they thought they'd be like scavenged. So the whole place is hidden underground. <laughs> There's like no reception. So does the bulk of the story occur starting with this? It, it occurs with the actual chaos getting down there and then it kind of jumps forward and then it shows life in the apocalypse. And then let's say like the last 20 minutes. Those, I thought the whole movie was going to be them like reacquainting with the world. So the lot, most of it is them living in a bunker. I don't know how apocalyptic it can be if they find out too early. Well, I like the idea of it's post-apocalyptic for them, but it's just normal for everybody else. Oh, yeah. And so they come back and they're just like trying to reacquaint themselves with living. In, and it's now the future. Oh, yeah. I assume it's been like 15, 20 years. And now. then he has to like, you know, go back up and yes, like go to high school. And he's like just so good at singing. That he breaks out into song 24-7. He starts playing basketball. I also oh, really like... Oh, I, no, I see where this is going. Is Troy Bolton? <laughs> <laughs> okay. But he's just really cute. But I really like... <laughs> you say he's really cute? Yeah. Very cute. I really like the idea, though, of them actually staying down there for, like, 
hundred years. That's what I mean. Yeah, like it's a complete divergence. Where over it's the years, and I have literally no idea how it's generation time is. So like it's it's the children's children who oh, actually yeah. come out, mm-hmm. and so they've never seen the outside world. And it's just and so foreign that they get scared and go back down and just live. live. <laughs> no, I'm not even kidding. Like, oh, no, that'd be, that'd be a great Yeah, story. like, they, it's so foreign to them. They can't live in the society, and yeah. they decide it was better down there. Okay. Yeah, like, they, they just can't, like, live lightly after they've eaten a few of their brothers. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. That's all they've ever known. So you're saying there's definitely oh, cannibalism. Oh, yeah. In, in the end, oh, yeah. Are in we fact, fo- they started that in, like, the first 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> they got there quick. Yeah. Are we focusing on one Before they even needed it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, day one, they're like, who, who are I we going to eat? I always wanted to eat Charlie. <laughs> Anybody see Charlie over there? So are you saying we're focusing on just one bunker then? Yeah, it's just that bunker. What happened to all the other? I assume they're the only ones that went down then. Yeah, or at least this bunker down. was so stayed poorly down. made yeah. that they couldn't contact them or find it. Or it was so well made. Yeah, it yeah. was too good. It was so deep yeah. that none of their like radio stuff yeah. worked. And I'm assuming else. it's big and like expansive. Oh yeah. And- oh yeah, absolutely. And people actually have like a ton of theories about it, and they like think it's some like Illuminati bunker. So people just like don't go down there and talk about it. All I think the time. it's like a cult. <laughs> yeah, it's like under the Denver airport. Actually, do you think oh, they should be the that, ones yeah. that like find out? And get out, or should there be people that come and like are Find explorers their- and break in? Well, I really want to. Maybe a handful of explorers break in; they just get killed immediately. Stuff like that. Like someone's Ooh. trying to hide the secret. I could definitely Ooh. see it being sort of like um, some gatekeeping going on. I'm picturing it episodic here. Oh, that would be beautiful. And first episode for a couple of the episodes. There. Yeah, first couple episodes is like the chaos happening, them getting in and settling, and then it's like you get some like a bunch of time skips and mm-hmm. then eventually get like people coming down and they don't know where they come from and who they are. And they think of them as like these like spirits, these angry spirits that are attacking them. Mm. And or so just they, scavengers. Like, like they think like these are some future human race. Like they don't even know. Yeah. They're starting to prepare for like war against yeah. the Yeah. So they, they come out of this like bunker, just like a, a war nation. And they're, all, like South nation. Sudan. they're all scared. Cause this new, they are carrying like new technology and they're like, what do these people have? Like That's they're going to eradicate us. Yeah. And they come out and they're like, I don't know. Where were you picturing this bunker being? I really didn't want you to ask that. I want it to be in a what? major city. Chicago. Okay. Everything, everything like kind of boring, but like needs to be a city that's not New York, Chicago. Chicago. Well, I picture them coming out ready for battle and just immediately just like destroying like an Apple store or something, <laughs> like, taking it over. Oh, yeah. Like th- there's an Apple store on top of their like secret bunker exit. Like they have no idea how large the surface is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so they're like taking over a street and they, they think they've like won the war. Are, like... And then it just zooms out and it's just like the whole United States populated. <laughs> Beautiful. I-, I think they definitely think like iPhones are weapons. So they kill anyone they see like holding a phone. Yeah. They think that thing will kill you. The end is just like a newsreel of like crazy underground people surface in an Apple store and kill 15 people. (laughs) (laughs) We are the mole people. (laughs) (laughs) It's basically the the end of The Incredibles. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, we've just written the prequel to the. Yeah. Or I guess their backstory, not the prequel. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I love it. That should do it. Yeah. I think that I think that it has a lot of potential with like the episodic and just like seeing them progress <laughs> through like not knowing that there's humanity to then like being in humanity again would be so funny. Mm-hmm. I yeah, I like that it's like apocalyptic, but also um 
like there's humor and it's like kind of like a comedy. Oh yeah. I mean, when they're eating Charlie too, somebody <laughs>, laughs. So are you, yeah. What's the tone? Yeah, like maniacal. The tone is maybe a little bit like it's super dark and serious at first, but then like people just start losing it. So it's kind of like this really deranged humor of like, are we supposed to be laughing with them or are we supposed to be horrified? Hmm. I like that. And then by the end, it's like, was this supposed to be a comedy? Like, <laughs> so it's a very dark comedy. It's more like a very comical, dark film. Okay. <laughs> so more on that side of dark, but that's yeah. an interesting subgenre that I haven't seen a lot of. But <laughs> well, it's like um, end of the fucking world. Oh yeah, yeah. That that'd be good. That that would yeah, be that's true. Down. Absolutely. I feel like that hits hits right these days as well. Yeah. I mean, I love that type of. Like towing the line between mm-hmm. too dark of humor, yeah, and just still like hits you in the feels every once in a while, mm. especially like you know, Charlie gets killed, and oh, you're just like, oh, he's such a funny guy, yeah, yeah. And there's all those memories of Charlie, <laughs> <laughs> okay. But how much would you love to see a film in which Post Malone was like one of the main? characters kind of leading these people well, underground. Well, he's not really a main character. He's more like that drunk uncle that's in the background the entire time. <laughs> they do kill him and eat him at but some I, point. But I like it being like, let's get in the bunker. <laughs> I love the idea that it's his bunker. Yeah. And he gets so high he forgets that it's, it's like his lineage. Yeah. A is fake like, apocalypse. Yeah. It's his lineage too that's like coming out. <laughs> they like refer to him as like Arch Emperor Malone. Arch Emperor Pre-Malone. Malone. Malone. <laughs> And like their only trade is music. Yeah, I lived back in pre-Malone era. <laughs> <laughs> I remember the original Malone. My my yeah, great, he has great, like a, great grandfather Malone. He has like successors. Yeah. that take over his role. Just, his they role, try to be like the, the life of the party. Malone. That's yeah. what an emperor is to them. Somebody who just like parties a lot. Yeah. So when they get out, they just immediately go to like the clubs. Yeah. Take us to your leaders. <laughs> It's just a party war culture. Party war culture. Yeah, welcome back to Mad Max. Yeah, we're back to Mad Max. <laughs> In Chicago. It's all, it's all, it's just a circle. We have to end up. Yeah, these are all just separate Mad Max films. I hope so. Xavier, I'm hoping your pitch is also going to be just Mad Yours Max. Yours was the farthest yeah, away you could get from Mad Max. Well, here's the thing. They're going to you know, get to the surface and they're not going to know how to integrate. So they're just going to start, you know, building up to a Mad Max society. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Okay, that's, that's. All well and good. Uh, what's, your pitch, Mad Ma- what's your Mad Max? Pitch? My Mad Max pitches. Um, so basically, setting is fifty years in the future from now, which obviously today is two thousand five. So, whatever. Twenty fifty five. Thank you. Okay. Uh, well, we'll say seventy years from two thousand and five. So we're talking about like twenty seventy five ish, and. A plague has rolled through um, the earth. No joke. Leaving 99% of people in a coma. Ooh. And because of that, the first kind of year is spent um, basically trying to get as many of your friends and family into ho- like the, the 1%, obviously. Or, yeah, the 1%. Um, <laughs> getting those people into hospitals, you know, giving them feeding tubes. Um, hooking them up um, so that they can, you know, eat because you can't just stuff food in a comatized person's <laughs> mouth and chop for them. Well, yeah, um, I think like you can save like half of the one percent. Yeah, you can't save a ton of them, but it's a large enough population 
that um, it's like worthwhile to fight for it, to like try. Um, and so you have all these wars and obviously the rich are, are able to allocate a lot more space and that sort of thing. Um, so you have this kind of um, this kind of class war in which the, the rich are trying to keep all of their friends and family, um, you know, It's such alive. a messed up class war. Yeah. Because usually it's just, you know, they're the rich people with their thumb on someone else. But it's like this time it's for their family, for their family. Yeah. So can't really blame them. Yeah. So basically, uh, yeah, plague rolls through and you have this class war. um, And the main part of the story takes place kind of two years into this conundrum. Um, So, you know, everything's kind of ravaged um, the kind of the main scene is New York City. Um, and we're going to go with kind of two different character perspectives. Um, one of those things where you start from either their perspective and they kind of tend towards converge. each other and converge. Mm-hmm. Um, so the first perspective is from a girl whose name is Alex, and she's part of the more rich sector. Um, and there's kind of an idea in the rich sector that um, they're becoming more and more convinced as time goes on uh, that it's really, um, or, or they're, sorry, um, they're wanting to oppress more and more, um, the poor sectors because they're, you know, taking up so much of their resources. Um, and they're, they're convinced that in a few years, those people will die off, um, anyways. And so, uh, it's really this, this kind of, um, time game of which, who will outlast each other. Mm-hmm. Um, can I put bets down? Simul- I got can. the Richies. Uh, simultaneously, <laughs> the other kind of story perspective is from David's perspective, and he's kind of in the more poor sectors, and they're, they're um, suffering so much from um, simultaneously being poor, but also <laughs> like post-apocalyptic. What could be worse than the plague? Poor. Being poor. Being poor. In, well, in There's the a tagline for you right there. Um, but so they're really yeah, it's not bad before the apocalypse. No, it's I mean, pretty, it's like, maybe post- not like starving bad, but by, by this point, it's starving bad. Yeah, you're, you're saying like even people who wouldn't necessarily be like on the streets kind of poor. No, right like now, middle class now become, are like, yeah, absolutely. Well, the infrastructure is probably gone. You said one percent of people yeah, live. It's completely gone. Like yeah. there's not very many hospitals no. up and running. Government was kind of destroyed. Had oh, to be yeah. Anyone with a soon. medical degree at that point is like black market worthy, like sell. Yeah. Them. And, you know, the rich are just taking over everything. And so the problem is that the poor people are now starting to think that maybe they should take off their friends and family from the lifelines um, because it's just too much to upkeep all of that. I love you throwing in the word lifeline there because I feel like a like title concept, everything. Oh, yeah. So it's it's called lifeline. Like there's one huge like. Infrastructure for just like the lifeline, like there's like a database. There's a called instead of like power line. Yeah, it's like lifeline. But the thing is that the poor people want to take out the entire lifeline structure mm-hmm. for the rich people, for too. the rich people, too. There's like lifeline think, needs to end. They think that it's being used to control them um, mm. and keep them poor. Um, and so that's kind of like you have these two perspectives. So they want to kill their families? Well, they think that it's a, a worthy <sighs> sacrifice because they think that there's no way that these people are coming back. No one has mm-hmm. awoken from these comas Ooh. and it's just sucking all their money. I mean, I'm on their side. People who are who are, you know, alive Pretty and well brain dead. are dying because they're trying to upkeep the people who are 
They're uh, not coming back. Toys. They're not coming back. I would love for halfway through this movie to see someone wake up. That'd be interesting. So, like we we've got. Oh, all right, go uh, on. Yeah, I'm not done yet. Yeah. So um, you have these two perspectives. Um, the thing is, and kind of the commonality between the two is is that they're both friends with a mad scientist. Um, who's kind of an underground scientist. <laughs> These are just two teenagers hanging out with uh, an old man. Yeah, sure. Yeah. the age. Yeah, I would, I would say more like mid-20s. Um, Which totally so like, normal for a mad scientist. <laughs> yeah, well... I, I've seen Steins Gate. <laughs> yeah, this is kind of Stein Yeah, Stein, forget Steingate, Back to yes. the Future. <laughs> no, <laughs> I would definitely say this is they're, more... They're both Marty McFly. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, so the commonality is that they're both friends with him, but neither of them know the other person. They just like it's a common acquaintance, but they don't they only know the middleman. Sure. Right. And he's their drug dealer, I'm assuming. No. So please tell me he's their drug dealer. They're just they're just friends. But the thing drug is dealer friends. Yeah. yeah like sure, drug they're just friends, friends in quotations. <laughs> friends with drug benefits. <laughs> <laughs> friends with drug benefits. Uh, no, just friends. And the um this researcher, though, the thing that he's researching is he's trying to see if he can um, hack into his um, twin brother, who is in a coma, his brain, and see if he can if he can see if the guy is dreaming, um, if he can see thoughts, and that sort of thing, to see if he's like just dead brained, and because he's trying to decide um, if he should be a, which a movement he should he should be a part of. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he's doing this research and. Um, he comes to realize, um, or I guess I should say that he has kind of a, a projector playing the images that his, his twin is seeing. Mm -hmm. And every time the, um, each of the, uh, uh, both David and Alex go to hang out with him, they see each other in the projection. So does that make sense? So he's like semi. So when David is there, I'm not even a little bit there. I'm when so when David is hanging out with his researcher, uh huh, he sees um, on the projector. So they're not there at the same time. It he sees it's not like they're both just seeing no, the same thing. No, and when he's there watching the projector, he sees Alex watching the projector. Sure, and he, and she's hanging out in the room at the mm-hmm. same time. And when Alex is there, she sees David there, and. Basically, as time goes on, um, you begin to realize and there's like that's the only overlap between their two worlds. And you begin to realize that in from Alex's perspective, all the people that are awake in her reality are asleep um, in David's reality. And all the people that are awake in David's reality are asleep in Alex's reality. And they're both dreaming of of each other's realities like the people who are asleep but mm. you you have me un, until it had to be 50 50 what do you mean wouldn't it have to be f- not okay so not it's not necessarily 50 50 but you see what i mean that not all the same people are, are awake and asleep in either it would have to reality. be either or though we're not saying that there's like an a third option there's not like I'm, I'm partially awake partially in a coma no no no. i'm saying that so like let's say one percent are awake 99 percent are asleep or dead by this point <laughs> um that you're saying that there were 99 percent of people who fell asleep yeah and then obviously each, most of them died in each reality and yeah and most of them died and then the percent that is still alive but in a coma 
though those what happens if you die on the other side i'm so so i am like you had me and now i'm so lost is this like I separate want, rea- are they living in separate they're in realities? two different realities and the um, twin brother is like the connection so the thing is that or is he not even a twin brother it's just a they are the twin brothers are the kind of the connection between the two realities because they so let's say twin a is awake in um alex's reality but asleep in David's sure, and sense. twin B is the opposite of that. Yeah. But they don't know the difference because they're identical twins. Mm-hmm. Sure. So they think that they're both kind of in the same reality. Does that make sense? But then they come to realize, um, like for example, that one of them sees themselves in this guy's dream at that. He's in a coma. Okay. He like sees himself on a table somewhere in a coma Okay. and he realizes, Oh, this guy is dreaming of a different reality than I So am. you're telling me, like bubble theory is real and one of our bubbles like collided with another bubble and now it's like it it caused some sort of like singularity to happen where all these people are now crossed over into the wrong universe but they're just like it's it's not so much that you don't know it's more like as both of them come to realize that they might be asleep in the other person's reality Uh they start to question if Mm -hmm. their reality is the real one or if they're just dreaming and like also, they don't know I'm sure like the rebel stand if like you're up, if you're a poor, poor person and you think I can kill all these people and then you realize like someone else might be thinking of doing the same thing to you. Oh, true. Well, true. It's, more, it's a fun conflict. That's, yeah. A, yeah, that's an interesting and it's, point. It's more like they don't know if they are are in a coma or not. So here, here's my one issue. With this, I love the concept. and I love the idea, especially what Teresa just said. Where it creates that conflict between like, mm-hmm. what if like these people that I'm pulling the plug on are just, they're awake in this other reality. Oh, yeah. Um, but my question is yeah. like, if the 99% are asleep, that means they have to be awake in the other reality. Well, again, but, 99%, most of them are dead. So a small percentage yeah, of but in the are o- actually in a coma. But in the other reality, they would have all been awake. No. So that's what I'm saying is that, um, I explained this poorly, but that 99% of the people fall asleep in both realities uh-huh. and then a small percentage of that um or i guess and then the bulk of those people die and then a small percentage of that is alive so that one percent is alive and then a small percentage of the 99 percent is still asleep and like got maintained by by uh, okay so like it was pretty much just like um the leftovers yeah like most people die most people die so most people die and then you have like half you know like 0.5 percent or like one percent Alive and one percent asleep. Yeah, ish. And then those flip. Okay. Okay. Per so reality. it's really two percent consist of this world. Yeah, two percent. I the feel population like yeah, we're really like concentrating on these percentages yeah. right now. Uh, don't pull the thread. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> don't ask that question. But I want to follow. I want to be able to follow because I like the concept. It's like one of those simulation so theory kind of things where you don't. You're trying. You think they're a part of the same world, and you think the class struggle is the whole story. And then you slowly like realize some inconsistencies mm-hmm. between the two. And you're like, some, for some reason, these realities seem slightly different. And then right when you think that the two main characters are going to meet, you have this kind of barrier and you realize they're in slightly different worlds. And it's not really obvious if, for example, David is just in a coma and dreaming all of this or if it's Alex doing it. Does that make sense? Why would it be Alex doing it if he's not seeing her on? Yeah, he is. Both of them are seeing no, each but other. But he's not seeing her 
dreaming because he's seeing his twin brother dreaming. Oh, I think I maybe forgot to mention <laughs> that both of them find each other in real life in a coma. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you might have forgot. Yeah. I so might have forgotten that. Because <laughs> otherwise, he's just in a coma. And like, that's shut deal. You no, know? I, I explained that poorly. It's that he, like, for example, finds her in a coma and she finds him in a coma. Okay. Spooky. So but both of them have Where's seen... Where's this twin at? <laughs> both of them have seen each other in that guy's dream as being awake. Yeah. 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 So they know that there's a difference between their reality and whatever that guy's the the twin is dreaming. Yeah, got it, got it. Does that make a little bit more sense? See, now that makes more it's sense. It's a little twisted and complicated. It's, you know, no, it's a little convoluted. But see, I love how I accepted you saying that they knew that these were different realities immediately without having that information that they had found each other's bodies in mm-hmm. that world. Yeah. because <laughs> that's very essential. I think it might be difficult to kind of show a viewer that those things are true. I think it might be hard to show a viewer any of that in general. That's why it's a book. Well, it's a book with an accompanying movie and TV show. And soundtrack. A soundtrack. <laughs> now on Audible. I hope the movie has a soundtrack. <laughs> it's actually one of those. It, it's, a, it's a very new age movie. It has no soundtrack. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It makes it well, you pull batteries. it up on Netflix and then the Netflix also pulls up like a second tab with the full book and you're supposed to follow along at the same time and it can describe everything to you. Yeah, it's got well, like you're also notes. seeing it. Yeah, it's going to be like that movie Primer. Have you ever seen that uh, time yeah. travel movie where the explanation for the movie takes longer than like watching the movie? And just like, <laughs> oh, wait, yeah, I actually have seen that movie. <laughs> really? Yeah. The movie's like an hour long. And the explanation is horrible. Yeah, just. Awful. Yeah, talking about convoluted stories. <laughs> so we're definitely going to do that. Just have a really quick movie and then maybe like three hours of you sitting alone in a room and explaining it. Explaining it, yeah. <laughs> yeah so you what you just saw. <laughs> you get all these charts. You're playing the full film. Are you ever going to give the audience the satisfaction of knowing if, if they're both real or if one of them's real? Or you know, I don't think so. Post vague tweets about it. Maybe like like a few. Yeah, I want my story to continue forever. So I'm just going to say nothing and then continue it on Twitter. Are you going to do like a (laughs) Nolan thing where you're going to have it wobble maybe at the end? Mm. Like maybe a little little hint. Maybe a little eye flicker or something. Yeah. A little blinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, well, I don't know if that'd give it away. You know what? Maybe a little evil twist at the end and have one of them just be like, fuck it. I'm going to I'm going to do my my plan. And like. Yeah, one of them pulls the plug on the other one, and then, like, one of the reality just dis- dissipates. I would like to see their own reality dissipate. <laughs> Ooh. How yeah, like, like David, I don't David know. pulls David Alex's finds out that plug, the other and then he just him. disappears. Get into some David Lynch sort of <laughs> space at this point, and I don't know if... <laughs> I don't know if we've already become so convoluted at this point where if we lose reality anymore... <laughs> yeah, we're not even working in, like, Euclidean space anymore. It's just, yeah, we... Nothing makes sense. It's just this weird sort of white space. And yeah, that's how the movie ends. It's slowly all of like the background slowly just like start disappearing. They stop like using props. And or maybe it's you're just, like, like characters alone and blank. Or inside like a, like a library and you're pushing books. Something. What? <laughs> you're trying to go for a. Um, What's that movie? Yeah, I didn't say the movie. because I, I don't have that one. It's another Nolan movie. Long space. Long space time. Oh, I actually movie. haven't seen that. Uh, Interstellar? Interstellar. All I could think of was Inception because they both start with yeah. I. Oh, yeah. Yeah, kind of Interstellar esque sort of thing going on. So, yeah, so they go into like the seventh dimension and they're just they all really no, broken it. down. I hated the ending of that movie. Really? Yeah. 
That's why that's what yours is going to be. I'll try to do it right, though. So I like I thought I like the idea of them pulling the plug and it being on their own reality, but that doesn't make any sense to me. I, I, want, I think you would find a way. Do I you have wanna, any idea how that would I'm work? I'm so confused already. I couldn't make a clear answer to how it could be their own reality. Me neither. Yeah, I don't I don't know either, but I maybe they're okay, let's draw a chart. They're here. disconnecting something on their end that was keeping them alive, you know? No, I imagine like so they unplugged the power. Like they go to the computer <laughs> and unplugged the power. It's like no, you like, were just a simulation and you're the power. No, I imagine like he pulls the the plug on himself. Or I mean on on, on her. And then um it like disappears, and then from her perspective, she watches him die. Or something like that. That'd be interesting. No, is what I'm think is what I'm thinking is the twin is the link. I think if you pull the plug on the twin, it's like the tether of through like to the reality. He's like the link. Yeah. Mm. See, okay, in so my So it's kind of like a very complicated, like you've gotta Google all of the different character yeah. meanings, like in um Donnie Darko. In Donnie Darko, yeah. Where it's like, okay, so this person has a unique purpose where you have to know They're what the this traveler. person means. <laughs> this is the seer. Yeah, so the twin is just that. Yeah, he's the just twin the, is the, between the, between the, the twin is the lifeline between the twin is the lifeline. Okay, so originally the twin is the lifeline. <laughs> the twin is the lifeline. The twin is the lifeline. You make that the tagline, and people are like, "Oh, it's such a spoiler," and they're like, "You don't get it anyway." You don't get it. You still don't understand whatever can, it. Whatever we're gonna tell you, you won't understand. <laughs> Even after you watch it, you won't get it. It's the one movie everyone can talk we about without spoiling it and we anything. Don't know. Yeah, yeah, you can you can say whatever you. But want. yeah, switch out the actors constantly. Oh, jeez. So this is going to be like a cloud atlas as well. Yeah, where, and they're all wearing the same I guess clothes. Switch yeah. but every now and then someone will like start calling a different actor Alex. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah, just make it as confusing as possible. Absolutely. I think it's brilliant. I don't understand it. I but want I it to be brilliant. brilliant. I feel like my confusion holds it back. I think it's going to be one of those movies where you want it to be brilliant and then you go into it and it's just I just like, can't mess. make that film. It's just a hot mess. <laughs> Everyone starts wondering whether or not you were like a secret genius or just like an absolutely terrible writer. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone speculates. Was yeah. it, it was like, was like it the Tommy director's Wiseau? fault or was it? Like, was this too writing? smart for me or is just like, is it just so, bad? Is it t- Tommy Wiseau? Is he a genius? Or was he? <laughs> now that I realize that, I don't think anyone's speculating. I don't think anybody's speculating if Tommy Wiseau is a genius. <laughs> he's obviously a genius. I think Tommy Wiseau is definitely is speculating genius. though. He's, He's like, am I a genius? So I am someone. I not? Mm. Mm. I think it's pretty we'll get him obvious to direct. that he's a genius. I mean... Well, we'll get him to direct because I think he's the only he's one cerebral enough. He's the only one, enough. Enough. Oh, yeah. he he's the only one cerebral enough to be able to pull that <laughs> Because he's always in his own movies. Well, yeah, he directs it. He's writer. He's also the main two characters. Main two? Oh, that's really going to help. Yeah. He's both Alex and David. <laughs> well, I guess but he not be the twin. twin. He can be he, both no, he's not the twin. He could be both the twins, yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> the twin played by a different actor. Yeah, it's the identical twins played by Sir Ian directors. McKellen. <laughs> Sir Ian McKellen and Natalie Portman. <laughs> In the end, the, you know, people are like, oh, the twins were the link. And you're like, they were twins? <laughs> oh, uh, we can't tell them apart. Wait, is this one me or you? Jeez. I love I it. I can see it. Yeah. I think it's really good. I, I want to see it. I'd see that 10 times, and I think that's what makes it beautiful. Yeah. I wouldn't get it's it. It's really just a money grab. It'd be a it cult is. classic. Oh, yeah. At, be... at the very least, like a throw spoons at it kind of cult classic. <laughs> yeah. Is there any better type? 
And the title is Lifeline. 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 What's your Life title? Life alert. <laughs> yeah, what's, your, what's your title? What's my title? I feel like I had one back there. I can't even remember what my pitch was. Uh, Firework by Katy Perry, the music video. <laughs> <laughs> the music video extended. <laughs> and uh, my title is Amazon Prime. Fury Road. Fury Road. <laughs> no, it's a Mad Max. Amazon Prime Day Pro- Delivery. <laughs> two, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mad Max, two-day delivery. <laughs> Brilliant. All right. I don't know how I, even I can decide on that. Yeah, here, here's the hard part is we have to decide, decide on... between the three of them. Whose was your favorite? And it's so hard without an unbiased filter for this. Yeah, it is, without the moderator. Uh, so I think... The last person to go should be the first one to vote on whose was their favorite. Okay. It's hard because I think that my <laughs> my pitch was poor, but I liked my idea. Does that make sense? Yeah. So are you saying you can't vote for yourself, right? Wait. But if you can't wait, vote can you for not yourself, vote for yourself? Then there could be a tie. Most sure. people can only get you can only get two votes. Yes. Tops. Yeah. So it could be a one 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 or it could be a two one. Okay, this I didn't know. It's a terrible voting system. We could do a round robin. <laughs> <laughs> well, do you want to say that you can vote for yourself? Let's um, have Naomi come in and just randomly pick someone. <laughs> Speeding in a circle and then. my I think in my vote goes to Teresa. I like. Okay. I like the dark comedy kind of aspects. So I'm going to. They were also all in a coma. Ah, okay, I'm going to switch my vote. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we got one vote for Teresa's. Teresa's. Teresa. I'm also going to have to go for Xavier's, not because I just feel like I have to now, but I... A little bit, though. As much as... I'm confused, which <laughs> let me highlight that again. I'm confused. Uh-huh. I want to not be confused, and that's a good thing. Well, I'm going to. You're it, now the deciding. You're the deciding. I'm the deciding. You could vote. either. And. Uh, Whose plug will you pull? It's pretty easy for me. It's Savior. Yeah. Really? I, I agree with that. I, I, I that. really enjoyed Clearly your concept. I, yeah. I mean, you had me before you went into this whole pull the plug on the alternate reality uh, thing. And then you did that and I was like, my brain hurts, which is a good thing, probably. I believe that you, at your very depths, like know somewhat what's going on. I have a clear degree. idea. I just can't necessarily vocalize it via words. And so that's why this is kind of my pitch as to why it needs to be a movie book. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a hybrid. <laughs> a it really is. You have to you guys watch the movie 10, while 10,000 page book. note reviewed. Yeah. You guys are getting like the vocal part of this because mm-hmm. obviously I have a vocal explanation attached to the movie book. Sure. Um, but I think with the, the 72 hour audiobook. Yeah. With the rest of it, I think that you really would begin to grasp sure. that I'm a genius. <laughs> I think that confusion is what makes what takes a movie from good to great. See, it really surprised me when you had big name actors like Post Malone and <laughs> Jeff Bezos in your movies. And we still just we didn't sell enough tickets because people only saw it once, you know. Except for, you know, we went back to see was that really Jeff Bezos or was that like Jeff Bezos is Jeff Bezos or was that yeah. like Jeff Bezos? Yeah, the confusion is how you get an audience to come back. 
And there, that's it. You don't ever want to be too clear with that idea. I explained too much of my story. That—that's the real problem. It made too much sense to me. Yeah, (laughs) I'll remember that for my next pitch. Confusion is key. Oh, confusion is absolutely. I'm a natural at that sort of thing. To create curiosity, you must be confused. Okay, since I didn't get any votes, that means that I have to give the ad read for today. So, what are your guys' prompts? Napoleon. Fly swatter. Napoleon and fly swatter. (laughs) Quick solutions for your Napoleon. Okay. Uh oh. Is your country being invaded again? Hot darn, that's too bad. Is Napoleon from France? Yes. Is he <laughs> is he invading your country? Yes. Do you like that? No, you don't. Well, there's one simple solution for you. We've got fly swatters, fly swatters for sale, $15. Is that a lot of money? Maybe in the old times. Was Napoleon in the old times? I think he might have been. If you don't want Napoleon in your country, Poland, then get the fly swatter today. Only $15. Is it a lot? I don't know. 